Welcome to Gateway's podcast. We hope God speaks to you through this message from Pastor Don Brock. For more information about Gateway, please visit www.gatewaybc.com. I remember when I was in middle school and I decided to try out for the uh, basketball team. And it's one of those things where you go out and you just play and then the coaches will call out the names of who made the first round. And I was in the first, made the first cut. And um, then it finally got down to the crowd that was going to actually be on the team. And you're sitting there in the bleachers and they just start calling out names and you're feeling good about it until the names keep going and your name's not called. And they finally get down to that one last name and you're looking around the people left and you're one of them and they call that last name and you're not, you're not that name. And you know, that's, um, all the guys who made the team are standing out on the court and all of us, uh, dejected individuals start walking down to the locker room and, and it was, you know, it was pretty sad as a middle schooler to realize my name wasn't on the list. And, uh, and you know, you can, felt embarrassed. You felt like you weren't good enough. You hated the coach and uh, you hated the guys who made it. You just had all these feelings and all these emotions. And, but the end of the day, your name wasn't on the list. And there was some sadness to that. Well, there, there's some last words that will be spoken in this world. And <clears throat> there is something far worse than not making the list for your middle school basketball team. And that is your name being on the list from the book of life. Because there is a book and it's called the book of life. And there is a list of names in there. And the Bible talks about how those names are going to be read and incredible, unbelievable sadness when your name is not read from that list. Because it's not a matter of just going down to the locker room and, and going on with your life. It's a matter of spending eternity separated from God in a place called a lake of fire. So let's look at some last words. Because incredibly enough, you really do get to decide what last words you hear. Jesus was speaking and he said, not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. You know, that's, that's sad. Only those who actually do the will of my father in heaven will enter. <clears throat> I remember the first time as a kid, I read that verse and scared me to death. It made me feel like, oh, I've got to be perfect. I, I, I've got to do everything that God tells me to do. And if I miss one thing, I'm, I'm not going to make it. And I, that's what I really thought. And, and then it was explained to me, no, uh, the will of the Father is that you accept Jesus as the Messiah. You accept Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. Uh, and I... I breathed a sigh of relief to realize, okay, um, I'm going to be all right then. 
It says on, on judgment day, which hadn't happened yet, judgment, judgment day, many will say, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name. We cast out demons. We went on mission trips. Uh, we attended Sunday school. Uh, I gave the missions. <clears throat> I, I did all these things in your name. But Jesus says, I will reply, <clears throat> I never knew you. So is that possible? You can be a member of a church. You can do things for Jesus. And him say, I never knew you. Obviously, it must be possible because that's what Jesus is saying right here. That I can do things in his name and yet not be a believer. I can have my name on the church roll, but not on God's roll. Now that that's really disheartening. That that is a frightening thing. And Jesus said, "But I never knew you. You you did all the stuff, and but you never gave me your heart. You gave me your time." every once in a while. You, you gave me some of your resources, your money every once in a while. Uh, you, you did some things every once in a while, but you missed the whole point. You never gave me your heart. You never gave me you. And that's what he wants. He says, I never knew you. Get away from me. You who break God's laws. You see, here's the deal. Without Jesus, then the laws that I have broken, the rules that I have broken, the Bible verses that I have broken become a big deal, a real big deal. The biggest deal of all. Because I will stand before holy God and be held accountable for everything I ever did. And according to Jesus, even everything I ever thought, not just what I did, but what I thought, <clears throat> that, that's, that's kind of frightening to think of. So this means church members can die without Jesus. And I think one of the worst things that could possibly exist is an active church member whose name is on the church roll, but not on the book of life. In Revelation 20, which is describing something that's yet to happen, it says, and I saw a great white throne and one sitting on it. The earth and the sky fled from his presence, but they found no place to hide. I saw the dead, both great and small. Didn't matter who you are in this life. You could have been a king or a president or, or just a lowly person. It didn't matter. Everybody standing before God's throne. The somebodies and the nobodies standing together before God's throne. And it didn't matter whether you were a somebody or a nobody. And the books were open, including the book of life. All the dead were judged according to what they had done as recorded in the books. 
The sea gave up their dead. The death and the grave gave up their dead. And all were judged according to their deeds. And there's no getting, I mean, there's no an appeal. There's not an appeal at all. You don't get to appeal like, oh, wait a minute. I I don't remember doing that. I mean, these records, these books are accurate because God himself kept them. So there's no arguing about it. And all were judged according to their deeds. Then death and the grave were thrown into the lake of fire. This lake of fire is the second death. And what makes it more tragic? Death sounds like an ending thing. It happens and it's over. But the second death is not like that at all. It's, It's the ending that keeps on going. It never stops. So this second death, this lake of fire that, that, that burns but does not consume, it, it, it is a painful existence for all eternity. And it says, and anyone, and here's the kicker right here, and anyone whose name was not found recorded in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire. You talk about last words. When God opens the book of life and the names are starting to be read and you get to decide, this is the amazing thing. You decide if your name is in that book. You decide that. So why would you not want to have your name in that book? Because when all the names are read and it's an accurate list, everyone that's standing in front of God, which is everybody that has ever lived or ever will live, whose name was not called, they will have to pay the price for every single sin that they committed. And it will take them an eternity to pay that price in the lake of fire. So why would you not want your name in the book of the list of the book of life? And, and the way your name is put in the book of life is you do what God told you to do. And that is accept my son as your personal Lord and Savior. Now here, here's the cool thing. If your name is in the book of life. When that other, those other books are opened with all the sins listed, I mean, that would be humiliating for a believer to have their sins listed and read out publicly. But here's what's really cool about that. When God comes to your name in those other books, if your name is in the book of life, when, when he comes to your name in those book of books and your name is read... By your name, there's just a big blot of red blood that has covered everything you've ever done wrong. They don't exist. They're not there. They cannot be read because Jesus forgave you and he blotted them out with his blood. Praise God. 
praise God, you, you don't have to go through that humiliation. You don't have to go through that lake of fire for eternity. By having your name put in the book of life, you avoid all that. I mean, this, this is incredible news. Uh, Jesus is talking to his disciples in chapter uh, 14 in John. He, he, he says, all who love me will do what I say. My father will love them and he will come and we will come and we will make our home with each of them. So he's talking to believers now. <clears throat> if you love Jesus, you'll do what God says. And the most important thing that God says is, love my son, accept what he has done for you. Ask him, give him your life. Let him into your heart. Put him on the throne of your life. And God says, when you do that, my home is now in you. Verse 24, anyone who doesn't love me will not obey me. And remember, my words are not my own. What I'm telling you is from the Father who sent me. I, I'm telling you these things now while, while I'm still with you. You see, Jesus is emphasizing the need for you to practice obedience. As a believer, you know, once you become a believer, your name's in the book of life, that doesn't mean you have now a license to go and do whatever you want to because it's covered, it's taken care of, it'll be as if you didn't do it. Uh, no, you pay the consequences of that in this life. There are consequences for the choices you make. I don't face the consequences in heaven, but I face them in this life. Anyway, I, I can choose to go out and live hideously this week. But what would be the price? The reputation? Reputation of the church? Reputation of Jesus? Reputation of my family? I'd still go to heaven. But man, it'd be horrible here on earth. In verse 26, it says, but when the father sends the advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I have told you. You see, here's what happens. When you pray to receive Christ, Jesus sends his Holy Spirit to live in you and he reminds you. He's the one that when you're about to make a mistake, he whispers in your ear and said, you know, this is probably, you don't need to go down this road. You, you don't need to make this decision. That's a bad choice. Here's where you need to go. Here's what you need to say. Here's what you need to do. That's what the Holy Spirit does. And, and his purpose is to protect you and to give you the best of life, to give you an abundant life, a joyful life. And so he steers you away from the things that can destroy you to lead you to the things that bless you. So when you're in the midst of a choice, when you're off with some friends and somebody comes up with a dumb idea, a lot of times the crowd mentality, nobody wants to be the one to say no, but you hear that voice, the Holy Spirit's saying to you, you know what, it's okay 
If you're laughed at or made fun of or ridiculed, you honor me when you do it for the right reasons. I'm protecting you. I'm protecting your reputation. I'm protecting your character. I'm protecting the character of Christ in you. You represent holy God. And that's a serious thing. Jesus told his disciples, I am leaving you a gift, peace of mind and a peace of heart, peace in your mind and peace in your heart. And the peace I give is a gift that the world cannot give. So don't be troubled. Don't be afraid. You see what Jesus gives you, the world can never, ever give you. You try to find meaning in life from this world, you're not going to find it. You try to find purpose and fulfillment in this world, you're not going to find it. You'll, you'll find some stuff short-lived, but it just won't last and it will never fulfill. But what Jesus gives us, well, he gives us this peace that the world cannot explain. And sometimes even you cannot explain it. And when you feel like you're not measuring up to the world's standards or your friend's standards, in your heart, you can hear Jesus say, hey, you know what, that's okay. They're not the ones that can forgive you of your sins. They're not the ones that can give you meaning and purpose in life. I, I do that. I do that. Jesus said in verse 28, remember I told you I, I am going away and I will come back to you again. That hadn't happened yet, but he's going, he's going to come back. He's going to come back and get us. And, and if you really loved me, you would be happy that I am going to the Father who is greater than I am. Now, there, there's some Jehovah Witness, uh, their, their theology, they argue that this proves that Jesus was not God and, and the Father was greater than the Son. But what they misunderstand is that Jesus temporarily gave up part of his deity while he was here on earth so that he was 100% man and was qualified to die for our sins because he never sinned. He was blameless, but he was still 100% God. Jesus said, I, I have told you these things before they happen so that when they happen, you will believe. See, he, he knew the future and he told us the future. In the Bible we read when Paul went to Jerusalem, he, he said, I don't know what awaits me, but Jesus already knew. This past year, some of you had a very hard time. Maybe you got the virus and you were sick. Some of you lost your jobs. Some of you, your income totally changed. You're, you went through depression from being away from family and friends. You, you struggled, but you got through it. And the reason you got through it is because Jesus gave you a peace of mind and a peace of heart that 
you would be okay, that he will get you through it. As horrible as this last year was, Jesus gives us a peace of mind and heart that the world could not give us, the government couldn't give us, they couldn't pass the law, they couldn't give us enough to give us that peace. Only Jesus could give us that peace, and, and he did. That's why sometimes you would read the news and listen to the news, and you would just start worrying and be fearful, and then you just turn it off, and then you would just start praying and you start reading your Bible and then a peace started coming over you and you're starting, you said, wait a minute, Jesus is in charge. Not this virus, not our government. Jesus is in charge. I can trust him. He'll get me through this whole thing. And a peace came over you. And that's the way it is with life. When things are tough, Jesus gives you a peace. He gives you a heart and a peace in your heart that the world just cannot give you. And Jesus in verse 30, he said, I don't know how much more time, I don't have much more time to talk to you because the ruler of this world approaches. He has no power over me. He's talking about Satan. But I will do what the Father requires of me so that the world would know that I love the Father. Come, let's get going. Judas may have betrayed Jesus, but he was simply a tool used by the prince of this world, which was Satan himself, the prince of darkness. So what about these last words? When Jesus was on the cross, one of the legitimate criminals who deserved to be killed asked Jesus to remember him. He didn't have time to go join a church or get baptized, but he just simply called out to Jesus. And Jesus' last words to that man was, today you will be with me in my home. And by the end of the day, when both were dead, the next words, I can only imagine the next words that Jesus said to that thief. See, I told you so. <laughs> I would imagine Jesus said to him, welcome home. You're totally forgiven. Everything's behind you. And now you've left that body down on that cross and I'm gonna give you a body that will never wear out. And you're gonna live with me in my kingdom for all eternity. Wow, can you imagine that? Just imagine that. In fact, I personally believe the Bible teaches that when a believer is on their deathbed, and you know, the, one of the sad things about this virus that some of you had relatives who passed away or a friend who passed away from the virus and, and physically they died alone. They, you know, had the strangers of the medical team, but no family with them. And that was tragic. 
but they weren't alone. Personally, I believe Jesus was right there. And the last words that they heard was, it's okay now. I'm taking you home. And we're going to leave this worn out, diseased body behind. You don't need it anymore. And I'm going to give you a body. You'll never have to get a vaccination. You'll never have to go to the doctor. You'll never have to take another allergy pill or allergy shot. You'll never have to, you don't have to worry about any of that. Because this body is going to last for eternity. And you're going to be with me. I've been preparing your place for 2,000 years and you ought to see it. It's incredible. I mean, those are the last words. Those are the kind of last words I want to hear. I want to hear... Okay, it's time. Let's go. Let's go where you really belong. I don't want to hear. And I know because of a choice I made about Jesus, I'll never hear. I never knew you. But sadly, a lot of people are going to hear that. They're sadly going to be some church members that will hear that. That when they face death, they're going to hear the words, I never knew you. You, you played a game. You, you, you thought you could earn your way and you cannot. It's a, it's a step of faith. It's a step of trust. And I'm just asking you to trust me. I'm asking you to take a step of faith. And, and if you would just say yes to me, I will go to that book that has all your sins listed and my blood is going to wipe it out and, and it's gone. And so when those books are open, you have nothing to be fearful of. And, and when the book of life is open, you, your name is right there. And when your name is called, you, you come into my kingdom and you're going to be with me for all eternity. And nothing, nothing can ever take that away from you. But you've got to decide that. You choose. Because I'm not going to make you do it. I, I'm not going to make you choose me. You decide. I've given you free will. You can choose to go your own way. You can choose to live your life contrary to what the Bible says. You can do it. It's fine for a while. Just know that one day when the books are open, you cannot hide from it. And the last words you will hear, depart from me. So what do you want to hear? Welcome home or depart from me? You make that decision. You choose 
while you still have the time to choose. So what's your choice? Today, I'm just going to be here at the front. And if you want to hear the words, welcome home, you come. And let's settle it. We had a man in his past, in the last service, to come down and settle the deal. And so, in just the last hour, God wrote his name in the book of life. And God went to the other books where his name and all of his sins and evil thoughts, everything he's ever done wrong, and he poured the blood of Jesus over those things and they're gone. They're gone. It'll never be held against him because he made a decision to trust Jesus. So I invite you to come. In fact, next week we're having a baptism, which baptism is a public confession. It's it's where you're saying publicly, I've given my life to Christ. I've settled it. My name's in the book of life. And I'm going to hear, the last words I hear in this life is welcome home. And Jesus is going to say it to me as he takes me to that home. So as the band comes and as they're leading us in this last worship song, you come, let me pray with you. It's a privilege to to pray with you. And if you're at home watching online, you can pray right where you are. And you can say yes to Jesus and you can have your name in the book of life. And we would love to hear about that. And we would encourage you just to call us and send us a note so that we can pray with you. And we'd love to send you a Bible if you don't have one and just share with you some information about this new life that you have. But you come. Maybe you've already made the decision, but you've never been baptized and you want to settle that and you want to make that public confession. Maybe some of our young people at Impact yesterday asked Christ in their life and you want to make it public. You want people to know. You come. Let's pray.